Hello and welcome to LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and you're listening to Executive Decisions, where we examine various aspects of being in an executive position, whether it's day-to-day issues that are important or trying to assess the big picture. Today, we'll be getting some knowledge and insight from attorney Shane Smith, the founder and CEO of the aptly named Law Offices of Shane Smith. Shane is joining us from Georgia today as we look to learn from his own experiences, both past and present. Thanks for coming on today, Shane. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Tim. Before we jump into maybe some of the the roles of uh, what an executive might do in general, could you maybe fill us in a little bit and our listeners on what your current role and duties are with uh, your position? Right. Well, well, basically, I'm the main business developer and CEO of my firm. Um, it's a, a smaller firm. We've got five attorneys and then 21 other support staff. Um, and my job is basically to step back from the day-to-day and get the big picture and manage the growth of the firm and make sure every year we do better and better. Great. I mean, obviously, everybody comes with their own experiences. Uh, can you fill us in a little bit on what uh, your previous positions have been like or any other experiences that have helped shape both your perspective and also the way you perform? Sure, not a problem. When I was uh, in college, I was heavy into ROTC from the military, which is training for their future officers. After law school, I worked uh, for the Army in their, their legal area for one of their attorneys, and I did that for four years. After that, I worked for a big firm, got to see their processes, their systems and all that, and ways to improve their inefficiencies. And then I moved out and set up my own firm about five years ago. And we've grown it from you know, me and my wife to 26 people. Right. <laughs> so was there a turning point for you when you were going through either the Army side of things or at the fir- other firms? Was there something that just sparked your interest? Like, you know, I, I want to do this on my own. I want to be in charge. What sort of was that just that got you to this point? I think that basically was a lot of the frustrations a lot of people have. They look around and they see other people doing stuff and they they look at it and they go, I don't know why in the world that person is doing it this way. Let Mm -hmm. me try to change it and and make it better or make it more profitable or something like that. And then just a desire to sort of step up and, you know, you be responsible for for everything. And then, of course, money, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's always a, a motivating factor. It can be anyway. I saw on your site, I believe, where it mentioned uh, part of starting your own firm, you kind of felt maybe you'd be able to help certain clients better. Was there something specific that happened? Was there a, a client you had in mind that was like, you know, we're just not doing what I feel we need to be doing? Something that you can point to? Well, it was really a desire to help just provide a better experience overall. Mm-hmm. And I look at it sometimes a difference between your regular theme park and, and maybe Disneyland. You know, you want to provide that best, great experience you can uh, for the clients or for your customers overall. And I looked at it and I said, you know, if, if I were doing this, this is what I would like to do mm-hmm. differently. And in my current role working for somebody else, I didn't have the authority to do that. I couldn't spend that cash to do that, whatever extra thing it was going to be, or I didn't have authority to set up those systems in place to make the experience better. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to, to step out and handle my own firm, I guess. So let's, I guess, take it back a little bit to when you're having these thoughts of wanting to, to start your own place, uh, you know, kind of be in charge, that sort of thing. Was there sort of this magic formula or were there certain things you were doing to prepare yourself, whether it be taking on projects or, or anything on the side? I guess just give the listeners an idea of, of what it took to transition from where you were to running your own place? The big thing was making sure that there were, that I had ideas that actually would make things better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at it, looking at a project or looking at a system and saying, you know, there are inefficiencies here, things I could do to change it. Let me step up and say, you know, hey, let me change this in whatever your current culture is 
and change it and make sure you do have some measurable results. Make sure it's not just, hey, this is my idea, but it didn't really do anything to increase the bottom line or do anything to increase the productiveness of that unit. Like for one thing, just a simple thing, we our appointments were all messed up in one uh, division I was in. We came up with a different triage system. And once we implemented that, I think we were able to see about 85% more people with no decrease in quality or uh, no increase in complaints or people unhappy with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's an actual measurable change that I could do. And when I did that, I said, well, great, this is what I can do. Then you move on to, to the next big project and you look at it and say, you know, this is an idea. Can I do this here? Can I implement it? Work with the, within the confines of your job to actually do that change and make it and make sure it does increase whatever you're trying to increase, the productivity or the uh, the bottom line or something like that to make sure you, I guess, do have some good ideas. And I want to touch on, you know, you brought up the idea of the ROTC and that you were involved with the, the Army side of things. Are there different aspects of that that you've taken and sort of transferred it into your professional world and, and how you maybe how you act, how you think, anything that you've taken away from there? I think a lot of that just goes back into to leadership training. Mm-hmm. It, you know, all during that, you're trained to lead and to be an officer and to make decisions. And I've tried to take that with me to, to my later on career. And, and I think that's important because a, a lot of times once you get to the top, sometimes if you don't make a decision at all, no decision can actually be worse than even a bad decision, you know, because all of your staff, they, they all look to you to, to lead and to make decisions and to, to empower them, but you're ultimately responsible. And if you're not going to be able to make any hard decisions, then you really don't need to be a senior executive or CEO because it's not going to work well for you or for the company. Speaking of that leadership aspect of it, with the position you're in now, you know, it could be any CEO or owner, that sort of thing. What do you see as the the biggest concern for yourself? That you're really the main focus. I know you got your hands on everything, and and there's that big picture. But what what is really that emphasis for you? For, for me, it's one. You know, short term, it's making sure we have a positive cash flow and managing cash flow flow, and then it's coming with the ideas and managing that long and short term growth to ensure that year after year your business continues to do well. And that's sort of the big picture. And then you can break it down into systems and marketing and that sort of thing. But I really see that as my primary job to make sure that happens. So is it easier? Is it alleviate maybe some of the, those concerns if you have the talent that you really wanted in there that everyone's clicking? I guess, how does, how does it play a factor with the employees that you have and the big pictures you talked about with the company? I think you have to have great employees in your key positions. And the reason you have to have that is because if you don't have any help, it, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And if you have great staff that you can point to and say, hey, I need you to go do this, and you know it's going to go get done and they're going to come back to you and report it to you and it's going to be done well, then you don't have to worry about that area as much. Um, For instance, we have an intake department. We've got three staff down there. You know, I know they're going to do their jobs. I know that I can trust the reports I get from them. I know that if I tell them to do something, they're going to do it. So you don't have to spend as much time doing that you know, checking up on things or Mm -hmm. going back and wondering if things are taking place. Whereas if you have poor staff in those areas, you have to spend a lot of time double checking, but also the ideas that you push down may not get implemented because they're not going to want to do it. You know, that can be really detrimental to the business because the new ideas don't get done. You don't have the growth, nothing works. And all the good time the CEO spent trying to come up with great ideas and implement them, you know, all that was for 
for not because sure. the lower level staff didn't do it. Well, you bring up the idea of sort of being able to delegate this stuff and not uh, not have to worry about you know your employees and trusting that they can do the job. So for yourself, then, what does the typical day look like if you're not having to sort of have your hands on every little thing? What might your day look like as far as what you're looking to accomplish and the different uh, tasks you're taking care of? You know, for me, I, I try to spend some time every day learning something new, either reading a, a business book or a book from a different industry or looking at you know, some of these coaches online, they, they send stuff or coaching groups or talking with some of your peers in different organizations just to share ideas back and forth. But then also a lot of it is going through the reports, looking at the daily numbers or the weekly numbers, however your business is, and, and looking at, you know, some meetings so that you can discuss uh, the new ideas and the tasks and, you know, break those tasks down and push it to lower level employees, but to make sure they're accountable to you. Because if there's no reporting back to you, a lot of times, you know, the day-to-day stuff gets in the way. Mm-hmm. But then I, I also think a critical part of it is to have some away time, some time where the phones aren't ringing and you're not checking email, you're not talking to everybody so that you can slow down and think and, and try to come up with the new ideas that are going to make your company better, you know, next year. Is that the hardest part, though, to try to step away and take that time, do you think? I mean, especially in a position like yours where you're, you are in charge of so much? Oh, I, I think it's it's really hard. And a lot of times it's just a struggle to find out how you can do that. Um, for me, I, I travel about once a month and just sometimes being on the airplane hmm. when you don't have your cell phone, when you don't have an employee sending you an email or something like that, you can get some great ideas. I always try to read some kind of business book or listen to it. And, and I keep a notebook and I've had great ideas on the plane. Or if I go to a convention or something, a lot of times I'll have an extra day at the end of it where I'll just stay there away from my family, away from, you know, the office to try to digest and think about, you know, new ideas we can do when we go back to the, the firm. Well, I think that's great to hear. I think for all the listeners to to understand that it's important to take that time away, especially as you said, you have so many things day to day that you're worrying about. Uh, and, and that sort of lends it to the other side of, of being in a position, any executive level type position is stress, pressure, that sort of, uh, you know, impact that it might have on you. Are there certain things that that really create that more for you? Are there are there areas that you struggle with in terms of that stress or pressure? Because obviously it's going to be there, but maybe something that affects you more than others. You know, the the worst things that cause the most stress are the things you can't control at all. Sure. You know, the uh, heck, the economy. You know, outside of your little your business. You know, overall the trends and those sorts of things that you you can't control those cause a lot of stress. And then any any time your cash flow is not doing great every other problem seems huge. Hmm. So if you can, if you can manage that, it, it seems to make everything else not as important because that's what all of our investors or, you know, the owners, that's what they most care about is, you, you know, their bottom line. And when that starts to dip, that causes huge issues. Mm-hmm. But even for senior executives, every one of those divisions is going to have those critical tasks that they're responsible for. And anytime those dip or your performance isn't good there, that's when everything else is going to become overwhelming. So do you have, I mean, obviously it's going to be different for everybody, but do you have anything you do personally or any advice or, or tips you could offer up to those people that might be struggling with that idea of this this overwhelming pressure or stress, just something maybe to help alleviate it or, or just a strategy that can help in some way? You know, the, the best advice is the same thing everybody else says. You know, you got to find some way to relax and, and deal with it and get away a little bit. Either that's daily exercise or or walks or, you know, silly as it sounds, going for a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. But if you're not careful too, 
a lot of times you'll skip your own vacation or you won't take any time off at all or you'll start to work every weekend. And pretty soon that doesn't really help you because you get so tired and burned out that the job is not enjoyable. It's not fun anymore. Um, for me, I like to exercise. I think that's been great for me. I think I just about have to. Otherwise, it gets to where everything is just overwhelming right. and you don't have a chance to step back. I mean, I think as silly as it sounds, vacations are important. You know, it, once or twice a year, you need to get away for a week without the cell phone. And that's the big mistake a lot of people make <laughs> is, you know, they go on vacation, they take their laptop, they take their cell phone, they check their email every single day and mm -hmm. they, they call in two or three times a day. Well, that's not really a vacation. That's just working from a different spot. <laughs> and, and that's what you run into a lot with senior executives is they never take the time off. No, it, it is interesting you bring that up, and, and you're right. That is consistently a, a theme we've we've read about, we've heard about from other uh, experts that we've talked to. So uh, it definitely labors that point a little bit more. With all of this, clearly it takes some type of personality or, or skill set that can help in these ways. What would you point to as being the essentials, either from, again, a personality standpoint or from the skill side of things? I think one is you just have to be willing to delegate stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can't have this idea that I can do everything better than everybody else, therefore I need to do it. Because as soon as the executive starts getting down in the weeds on every little task and trying to do this stuff, all their time gets eaten up and that's all they're going to work on. And they're going to not look at all the other 52 different things they're supposed to be doing because they're going to be focused on this one task that, yes, they may be able to do better, but they're not going to do it so much better that it's worth their time. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something you need to know as an executive is what is your time worth either to your company or you know, based on your salary so that you're not doing things that are way below your pay grade that you shouldn't be doing. I mean, if you're hour, you know, if your hourly rate is two or three or $400 and you're, I don't know, doing some project that a $10 an hour employee can do, that's a terrible use of your time. Sure. And it, you're not doing good things for the company. So I think you need to know what your time is actually worth, delegate things out, and then be willing to, you know, step back and look at the big picture rather than get bogged down in the weeds. Yeah, I do think that's one thing that people... I don't know if they, it's a misconception or whatever, but you talk about delegating and not being the one to have to do everything. And sometimes when people get into a position of, of authority where they, we've talked about where you're in charge, uh, that might happen. Do you have any sort of tips to, I don't know, let go of that control? I mean, does it just come down to trusting your employees? Uh, how would you gauge that? I think the most important thing is you just have to do it. And, and you know, that's not a tip or anything else, but it's, you know, Pick, pick one thing and say, you know what, I'm going to hand this off to somebody else mm -hmm. and just hand it off. And maybe if you have huge issues with not delegating things, it's to pick, you know, a non-critical task, something that isn't going to make a big difference either way. Um, I've seen some business owners who they do their own books and that's great, but you can send that to an accountant who's sure. probably going to do a better job than you and it's not going to cost that much. Or you see people, they, not so much now, but they used to open their own mail. Whereas, you know, their secretary can do that mm -hmm. or the secretary can check their own voicemail, you know, hand some non-critical task off. And then when the world doesn't end, realize that there's <laughs> another task you need to hand off. And pretty soon you can delegate a lot of things out. Just do it over time so that you free up a lot of your, you know, senior level time. I think that works as good advice. I start small kind of thing and build up. Uh, I think that works perfectly. Uh, you know, we've talked about a number of areas, uh, maybe dealing with pressure, stress and some of the workload. But how about, what do you look as sort of the perks or the the, the nice parts of, of being the one in charge? I mean, I know you touched on it a little bit, but what would you really 
point to as being, you know, this is one of the big reasons I wanted to do this. And this is why people should enjoy being in those uh, higher level positions. One, just a, a small, simple one is, you know, notice that hours. You know, you, if you need to go do something in the middle of the afternoon, you probably can. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to go to a business lunch, uh, you can make that decision. So you're going to go do this. Um, but I think the key thing is really when you realize that you have done this huge thing and you've done this great thing and you're in charge of growing a business and shepherding this business to the next level, when you look up and you realize, wow, I did it. You know, that this company we did, we had 20% growth this year. Our margins went up by, you know, 5% or 10%. And that's, you're the one responsible for all that. That's sort of a great feeling. And it's something you can take home and say, you know, I did a really good job this year, or I did a good job here. So that's sort of the big picture thing. The perk of it, I guess, is to say, yeah, I did this and I'm the one who built this dream or I built it. The little perk is, you know, if you, you know, having the time off you need or scheduling it in so it's not a set schedule. Now, finding the two or three weeks for vacation, sometimes that's harder the further up you go. <laughs> right. You know, Shane, you've given us a ton of different, uh, you know, perspectives here and some different situations to to let the listeners chew on a little bit. As we look to wrap things up and kind of put a nice bow on the show itself, I mean, do you have any overall advice that you would give to to those listeners that are maybe they're interested in, in really moving up and trying to find their spot at one of these higher level positions, or maybe somebody's already working a, a, in this type of role? Anything that you would really want to give as a takeaway, something they could latch on to uh, as we wrap up? The first would be, you know, you got to keep learning. If you don't like to learn, senior level job is not the one for you. But the second thing is, I heard someone say one time, you're the average of the people you spend, the five people you spend the most time with. And if you want to be a senior executive or you want to be a CEO or a successful businessman, you know, you need to be hanging out with other successful businessmen or CEOs and senior executives. And, you know, that may influence your choices on what you do on the weekends or, you know, your social groups or or whatever else, because that's who you need to be hanging around with because they are going to share similar ideas. They're going to drive you and push you to do stuff. and that can have a huge impact on your mindset and how you feel and what you think about things. And you're going to need their support. And you're going to need people who make similar decisions you do that impact other people's lives. So that's who you have to hang out with and be around. I think that's a perfect way to wrap things up today. With that, we are going to have to close out the latest edition of Executive Decisions here on LJN Radio. We've been speaking with attorney Shane Smith, who's also the founder and CEO of the law offices of Shane Smith, as he's given us a unique perspective in examining the role of these executive level positions that hopefully can help you out there. Thanks again, Shane. We definitely appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot for having me, Tim. I appreciate it. Of course, we'd like to hear from you, the listeners, as well. So just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions, really, for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Yuma. We'll talk to you later.